Welcome to the Church on the Rock podcast. It is our prayer that this message brings hope and encouragement into your life as you go about your week. Thanks for tuning in. How many know that we need to give God our very best? Amen? And and that something about serving at Church on the Rock is we always want to give God our best. And um, so I don't know why I said that. It was just on my mind today. Um, It's been on my mind that, that, see, God is wanting to raise men and women of God. That's what I'm preaching on. I'm preaching on a series about the making of a man or a woman of God. And even that little lesson is a thing uh, that, that we should have accomplished as we become men and women of God. But God wants to take us to a new place in our marriage, in our business, in our relationship with him. He wants to do some new things through you. He, he, he wants to take you, you might say, to that next level. But uh, before being equipped to be that man or woman that God's called you to do, that's why I've been taking some points and preaching on this last couple of weeks. But today we're going to look at walking in the Spirit. We're going to look at, and and that should be an an, an exciting thing. We're going to look about walking in the Spirit and we're going to be asking the question, what is walking in the Spirit? Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you'd give us a hungry heart to want to to want to receive your word. I pray that you would give us ears to want to hear your word. And Lord, I pray today that, that there would be an excitement and an and a, and a expectation to meet you in a way and leave this place different than we came. In Jesus' name, amen. So I believe in becoming that man or woman that we're called to be means we need to learn to walk in the spirit. If you have your Bibles, look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. It says this, I say then, walk in the Spirit. That walk in the Spirit, you might say, be guided in the Spirit, or let the Spirit uh, guide and direct your life. Walk in the Spirit. Let the Spirit guide and direct your life. And look at this. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And the first thing that, so I was like, what is walking in the Spirit? How do we learn to walk in the Spirit? What are some of the concepts of walking in the Spirit? Well, one of the first things about walking in the Spirit that that I believe is we need to get it in our mind that the Holy Spirit can say something to us. Everybody turn to your neighbor and say, the Holy Spirit said. The Holy Spirit said. Look at Acts 13, 1 through 3. It says, among the prophets and the teachers at the church of Antioch. In other words, you could say among the prophets and the teachers at Church on the Rock uh, of, uh, in Huntley, there was Barnabas, and then there was Simon, Simeon, called the black man. And I want you to even notice the, 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 the different types of people. We have Barnabas, we have Simeon, called the black man. We have Lucius from Cyrene. We have Menean. Look at this. Menean was the childhood companion of King Antipas. That's pretty cool. So we, we, got a, we got a black man, we got a Greek, we got a Jew, we got somebody that grew up with one of the most wicked kings in history, and then we had Saul, who later was called Paul. So I think that was a pretty neat group of guys. One day, look at this, one day as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, everybody says this, one day when they was worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Appoint Paul and Barnabas. Appoint. The Holy Spirit said, dedicate Paul and Barnabas. I guess they got a different. Uh, I'll look at what I've got. Um, 
And one day, as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, that's what I wanted us to see, is the Holy Spirit said, appoint Barnabas and Saul for this special work that I have called them. So after more prayer and fasting, so once I want you to see at church, is I want you to see there's a bunch of people gathered together, and then they were doing something. They were praying and fasting. Hey, guess what we, what, guess what we started at Church on the Rock on Tuesday night? On Tuesday night, we started prayer, a, a, a Tuesday night prayer meeting. And you might even say, man, I'm going to take that day and fast. But when you gather people together for a time of, pra- of prayer, and I say this, to, I say this today, um, the other day the Lord spoke to me this word. He said, you focus on your character and let me focus, let me focus on your calling. Many of you are wanting to, to move to that next place of calling, but listen, the, the, if you're called to the ministry or you're called to excellence or called to be something greater and moving further than you're supposed to go, the most important meeting of the week should be the Tuesday night prayer meeting. The Tuesday night prayer meeting, it says when they were fasting and when they were praying, then the Lord said, how many know when you're gathering like you guys were gathered at youth camp the other day? When you're worshiping and you're fasting and you're, spe- and you're, and you're seeking the Lord, what's something common that's going to happen next? Say it out loud, the what? If we're praying and seeking the Lord, you're going to have to help me today. I'm not just going to give it to you today. If we're praying and seeking the Lord and going all out for the Lord, what happens? Presence of God. You haven't got it yet. Real clear from the scripture. If we're praying, if we're gathering together, when two or three are gathered, who's in their presence? The Lord's in the presence. So when we're gathering in prayer and we're gathering fasting, we're gathering seeking God, what's the next logical thing that's going to happen? Then the Lord said. Everybody say that. Then the Lord said. You know, I think there's even, I, I, I think that there, there is a, a, a veil over people's heart to where their eyes aren't even open to where it takes a long time to say that over and over to where it sinks, it sinks from our knowledge to where we're like having an aha moment. Do you know so many people in here, we're wanting to hear from the Lord. We're needing direction from the Lord. Walking in the Spirit is when, we're, is when we're getting to a point where our lives are guided and directed by the Holy Spirit in our everyday walks to where He is just guiding and directing everything we do. And if He's going to guide and direct us in everything that we do, there's something that's got to happen, is we have to position ourselves to where we can hear from Him. So many of you need to hear from Him about a decision you're making. So many of you need to hear from him about a direction and be guided for what's the next step for your business or your education or where you're going to move your family or what you're going to do next. Some of you need, to, need direction and you need insight on if you're supposed to be dating this particular person and if you're supposed to be marrying this particular person. Some need to hear from God on what to do in a situation in their household. But walking in the Spirit is when God's people get to a point to where they shut things off 
and they get into a place of prayer. And when they get in one, one day, when these men were worshiping the Lord, they'd been fasting that day. Then the Holy Spirit said, how many of you need a then the Holy Spirit said? Appoint Barnabas and Saul for this special work that I have called them to do. And look at this. They went right back to some more prayer and fasting. So after there was some more prayer and fasting, then they laid their hands on them and they sent them. So they sought the Lord, walking in the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, walking with the Lord, getting our guidance and direction from, and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. These guys showed us the pattern. We find that place of prayer. Then the Lord said. I think I heard... Um, Lizzie, say that that's like the first time she heard the Lord say. Do you know what the Lord wants to say to every person in this room? You know every one of you can hear from the Lord? The Lord wants to speak. The Lord wants to talk to every single person in this room. I want to go to another one. Look at Acts chapter 8, verse 29 and 30. Right out of the gate, right out of the gate in verse 20, and it says, the Holy Spirit said to Philip, and notice Philip, if you read in, in Acts chapter 8, Philip was in a revival in Samaria where all kinds of people were getting saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Lord was like, Philip, you're shutting this revival. Think about that, a, a, a revival that, that more people are coming every night and the Lord says revival stops. Because in the human thinking, revival goes on because the people are starting to come. But the Holy Spirit said to Philip, Amen. I want you to see that again. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk beside the carriage. And immediately when Philip heard the Holy Spirit say, go over to this carriage, Philip ran over. He heard from the Lord and immediately he responded with obedience and action. In Acts chapter 8, verse 29 and 30, NLT. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk along the, beside the, the carriage. Philip ran over. And look at this. He heard the man reading from Isaiah. Philip asked, do you understand what you're reading? If you read, if you read the rest of that story, this man got saved. He got, and, then they, and then he said, man, I want to get baptized. And he, they literally stopped the carriage and went and, and got baptized. Look at this. Here's another one in Acts chapter 10, verse 19. Meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over the vision... That spoke to me this morning. Meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over the vision or over his future, you might say. How many of you ever sat in your house or sat in a room or sat at your business and you're puzzling and you're thinking, you're puzzling over the vision and the future or the direction and the guidance and, the, and then look at this. Meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over the vision that he just saw, the Holy Spirit said to him. There you see it again. What I'm wanting us to see today is, is when we get in that place, that quiet place, if we're going to walk in the Spirit and be guided by the Spirit and be directed by the Spirit, we have to position ourselves in a place to where we can hear the Spirit talk to us. But as Peter was puzzling over the vision and he was, he was needing some answers and he was needing some direction, boom, the Holy Spirit said to him, three men have come looking for you. And even these three men that came looking for, for Peter, 
if you read before that, God even spoke to them to go find this, 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 this guy. So anyway, so we see that one. Now look at Acts 21, 11. There was this prophet and there was this guy and they, again, they were in a prayer meeting and they were seeking the Lord. And then the Bible says in Acts 21, 11, that this guy came over and he took Paul's belt. Imagine Paul in his, in his robe and in his garment with a belt around it. This guy came over and he took Paul's belt and he bound his own feet with it. And then he bound his hands with it. Okay? Then he said, the Holy Spirit declares. Somebody said the Holy Spirit said. The Holy Spirit said. When we're walking in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit guides and directs us. The Holy Spirit said, so shall the owner of this belt be bound by the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem and turned over to the Gentiles. Now on that, the Holy Spirit said. Notice again, uh, uh, when, with Paul mystified and puzzled for direction and what he was supposed to do, the man of God came and became that conduit or that voice of the Lord to Paul. And, he, and the Holy Spirit said through this man, he took off his belt and bound his hands and feet. What I want you to see on that is sometimes when you're walking in the Spirit and when you're being directed and guided by the Holy Spirit, it doesn't mean that you're always going into green pastures. It doesn't mean that you're always going into a place where it seems like everything's going to be hunky-dory and peachy cream. I think that we think as Christians that to live for God, that every day there's going to be no battle and there's going to be no suffering and there's, no, there's, there's going to be no self-denial and there's going to be no fight. But brothers and sisters, sometimes even when the Holy Spirit says what he's saying may even guide you into a place that you're going to be persecuted, you're going to suffer, and you're going to go through many trials and hardships. So the Holy Spirit can even prepare you for that. You know when God told Saul, Paul, that he was going to Jerusalem? You would think that would be an easy ride because God said it. Man, this guy, this guy gets, um, well, before he even got on the, the ship, he got beat 39 lashes. Then he gets on a ship and the Lord tells him there's going to be a storm. And he tries to tell everybody, don't go. The Lord said, again, the Holy Spirit said, there's going to be a storm. There's going to be a great storm. But they pushed out anyway. And then there was a great storm. And Paul said, I told you guys there was going to be a great storm. Why? Because he's a man that walks in the Spirit that's guided and directed by the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit said there was going to be a storm. And so, so when the storm came, uh, Paul Sought the Lord again. He was puzzled and mystified by what's going on. And the Lord spoke to him again. The Holy Spirit says again, don't be afraid. There isn't anybody on this boat that's going to lose their life. All right? Then they, they, they start chucking everything off the boat. And uh, the boat gets torn apart. And, and, and they're all grabbing pieces of wood and fearing for their life and just trying to make it to shore. But everybody made it to shore because the Holy Spirit said that everybody's going to make it to shore. Brothers and sisters, you may be going through a storm. You may be going through a hardship of your life. And you may be hanging on to a piece and taking in water and gasping for air and lightning 
cracking all around you and waves going all around your head and sharks swimming around you. But the Holy Spirit said, you're going to Jerusalem and nobody's going nobody's to die on this boat. And then he gets on the seashore. He gets on, they make it to the beach and they round up some wood that was wet. I mean, let's keep it real. You guys have camped. How hard would it be to start a fire with wet wood? I mean, they're trying to find something dry to even get a fire going, and they finally find some dry stuff, and they start to get a fire going. And Paul, they're finally getting a fire going, and all their lips are blue, and their skin's cold, and they're freezing to the bone, and they're, they're, they're shaking and cold, and just seem like they, they just want to be warm. Paul finds some wood, and he starts to throw some wood in the fire. Guess what happens when he throws some wood in the fire? A big old viper jumps out, latches on, puts his venom in Paul. You know what Paul did? The Bible says it shook it off. He shook it off. He shook the snake off in the fire. Brothers and sisters, when you are on an appointment and you're walking in the Spirit and you're being directed and guided by the Spirit, the, the heat awakes the snake. The heat awakes the snake, and the, and, and, and the, and the snake is going to come out and try to stop you from making it to your destination. But I say when the devil jumps up and bites your arm and fills you with venom, that you shake him off in the fire and say, I'm continuing to Jerusalem, or I'm continuing to Rome because the Lord said that I'm going to stand before this guy. Is anybody out there? So, so if... You're going to be a person that walks into the spirit. Then we need to get down in our heart, the Lord said, the, the Holy Spirit said. If we, if, we, if we can leave with something today, I'd like it to be this, that every one of us leave challenged and motivated that for the direction and for the guidance and for us where we're moving forward in our future that we need to find that place of consecrated atmosphere where you're alone with God in prayer and fasting, and then the Holy Spirit can say to you. I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to say, the Holy Spirit said. Say it again, the Holy Spirit said. And then just to yourself, I want you to say, Lord, I thank you, you can speak to me. Amen. Tell him, Lord, I thank you. You can speak to me. Amen. I, I want to help you with the Bible verse. The Bible, the, there's a Bible verse that says um, that, that the sons of God, oh, now I forgot what it was now that I was going to say, say that, but, but sons and daughters of God that we, we hear from the Lord. Amen. So I want us to get that the Holy Spirit declares or the Holy Spirit says to us, Okay. You know what? We need to grow a pair of ears. We need to grow a pair of ears. Thought that might get your attention. Because the Holy Spirit is talking to us. I'm serious, guys. I'm serious. I, I wanted that to be, to wake us up and to shake us a little bit. We need to grow a pair, because you hear that, but we need to grow a pair of ears. Anybody out here? Every person in here, we need to grow a pair of ears. Because the scripture, if, you're, if you read in, in Revelations 2, 3, and 13, it's over eight times. It says, he who has an ear, 
let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. So, so I want all of us to know those that are the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. And we that are the sheep of God hear the voice of the shepherd of God. Amen? So, so walking in, in the Spirit is getting to a point where we get where we can say, and the, and the Holy Spirit said. It's getting to a place where we can hear with our ear so we can be guided and controlled and directed by the Holy Spirit. Amen? It's obeying that nudge. Well, before all that can happen, before all that can happen, what does it mean to walk in the Spirit? Before all that can happen, we have to get to the starting point of being born again. I want you to look at John chapter 3, verse 3 through 6. Jesus replied, and he says, I tell you that unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, no one I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of the water and of the spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. The starting point of walking in the spirit is to be born of the spirit. So if everybody says, man, I want to I wanna hear the Holy Spirit say, I want to walk in the Spirit. Well, the first thing that has to happen is we have to be born of the Spirit. If you're here today, when it says that you must be born of the water and of the Spirit, what that means is it says that when every man's born, our mother's water breaks and we're born humanly or we're born naturally. We're born, uh, you've heard the term that we're in Christ or we're in Adam, when we're born, we're born in Adam, and with, we're, when we're born in Adam, before we were born again, the scripture says that we used to live in sin like the rest of the world. When we're born in water, we're born naturally, the scripture says that we obey the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world. He's the spirit that's at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way. We followed the passionate desires and the inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger or or God's wrath, just like everyone else. We distinctively and instinctively did stuff by nature. When When we're born of the water, we're born into sin, and we're born into where we naturally just do the things that 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 are of the human nature. And that's why in the beginning when it says walk in the spirit so we don't fulfill the lust of the flesh, um, the first thing that has to happen is there has to be a born again experience to where you can even have the capability to walk in the spirit. So what's that mean? The Bible says when we are born again, God's spirit comes into our heart. Look at Galatians chapter four, verse six. It says, because you are sons, God sends forth the spirit of his son into your heart, crying, Abba, Father. Then I also want you to look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, and I'm going to be reading it out of the King James Version. But it says, and you hath he quickened or made alive who were dead in your transgressions, your trespasses and your sins. You were spiritually dead to God and separated from him. So so when we're born of the water and we're born of our mother, we're spiritually dead and separated from him. Listen, incapable 
of walking in the Spirit. So before you're born again, all the sinful human inclinations and the things that we just do that's our human nature, we can't help to do it because sin or sin. We just do it by nature. That's what we do. So the, the reason I'm bringing all this up is for, for us that are now born again where we're attempting to walk in the Spirit, there's no way that you can even begin to walk in the Spirit or even think about walking in the Spirit until you're born of the Spirit. You're incapable of it. The only thing we're capable of doing without Christ is to do things that the sinful nature desires to fulfill the appetites of the flesh. flesh. And, and as that scripture said, uh, we obey the devil and the powers of the unseen world. So when we're born again, God takes that where, we, where we've been born of water and now he makes us born of the spirit. And we who were in that human nature and we naturally flowed in the things that this world naturally flows in because that's what we are by nature, when God's Spirit comes into our hearts and we cry out, Abba, Father, that's when we have the potential and the ability to walk in the Spirit. You can't do it before then. You can't do it. And, and, and the reason I'm starting down this trail and laying some foundation this week is because I see a lot of people, I see a lot of Christians that say, okay, I'm a Christian now. Now I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to start acting right. I'm going to start um, um, talking right. I'm going to start uh, making the right decision. I, I'm just going to start performing differently. And brothers and sisters, I don't want us, when we try to walk in the Spirit, I don't want us to try to walk in the Spirit in the power of the flesh. I don't know if this is making any sense or not, but, but, but it, you can't because here's what's happened with me 30 years with the Lord. I probably spent half of it trying to be spiritual, trying to have the fruit of the spirit, like gritting my teeth, trying to have the fruit of God. And brothers and sisters, you can't have the fruit of God. You, you, you can't just bear fruit and you can't just start doing the right things. Walking in the Spirit has to happen by a total dependence of the Holy Spirit's power and the Holy Spirit's direction and the Holy Spirit's guidance through us. We can't do it in ourselves. And it can't even start as the musicians come. It can't even start until we're born again to begin with. Until some of us, we've been born of the water. We've come out of mama's womb. And Nicodemus said, well, how do I go back into my mother's womb and be born again? And, and, and he was saying, that which is flesh is born of the flesh, but that which is spirit has to be born of the spirit. So, so being born again, and when you confess Jesus Christ as Lord, and you ask Jesus into your heart, brothers and sisters, it is more than repeating. Listen to me. It's more than repeating a sinner's prayer. It's more than, people do this. People say, I made a decision to live for the Lord. Yeah, you did make a decision. You, you, you said it was okay and that you made a decision that you wanted to ask Jesus into your heart. Okay, but you making a decision can't change you. 
You making a decision can't change you. You, you, you trying to decide, all right, I've come to church today. I've heard the pastor talk about things. Um, I, I, I want to try to start living right. I want to try to start changing my life and doing some things right. You can't do that. If you could, you'd already done it. You, you can't do it. Walking in the Spirit is exactly what it said. You have to walk in the power and the direction and the guidance of the Spirit. That's the only way that we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh or the desires of the flesh. We can't do it. So the first thing that has to happen, the first thing that has to happen is we need to be born of the Spirit. And I want to tell you something. If you've been in church for 20 years and you don't know if you've ever been born of the Spirit, you need to know that today. Because I think a lot of people have never been born again. I think a lot of people have said with their mind, I'm making a decision to go to church. I'm making a decision to try to do the right thing. I'm making a decision to be a better person. Anybody can do that. But what needs to happen, the only way that you will ever change is when you ask God's spirit, is you ask God to let you be born again and that you believe that his Holy Spirit comes inside of you. Because the Bible's clear when it says that God takes his spirit and puts it inside of your heart. Listen to me. Before you were born again, just being born of your mother naturally, hey, I, I, you may not like this, but God's spirit is not in you. It's not in you. God's spirit is not in you when you're born of your mother and your father. He's not in you. Sin separated. Sin made it where God and man weren't together anymore. That's why Jesus came is to build a bridge to where God and man can be together. But, but, but when we accept Jesus, and, we, and it is a decision, when we make that decision, I want to accept Jesus. Guys, the next thing you have to do is you have to believe that God's Spirit comes into your heart. It, it's almost like an engine that turns on. To, to me, it, it's been sitting there waiting for you to say yes to Jesus. And when you say yes to Jesus, it's like this hand comes in and turns this knob on and powers you up because you are just the walking dead until Jesus comes in our heart. So, so, so even talking about, we're going to talk more about walking in the Spirit next week. It has to start at this beginning of just being born again. With every head bowed and eyes closed, I want to ask people today. I want to ask people, and I'm going to ask you to raise your hand on this. Are you, if you're here today and you know that, that you, you, well, you know you've been more naturally because you're here. Mama bore you, but you don't know if you've been born again. And you really don't know if God has taken his spirit and put it in your heart to where your engine was turned on. Your ability to know God and to be connected to God, it was turned on. And God's spirit was put in your heart to now you do say, if you don't know that, that is starting point. 
And brothers and sisters, I believe that churches are filled with people that have never been born again. They made a decision or they went to a class. But have they really been born again? Before we can walk in the Spirit, before we can have then the Holy Spirit said, before we can have ears to hear the Lord, the first thing is we need to come alive to Jesus. And that comes with being born again. If you don't know if you're born again, I want you to raise your hand and look at me. I want you to raise up your hand. I'm starting over here on my left side. I see your hand. You don't know if you're born again. Anybody else? Amen. You don't know if you're born again. You don't know if God's spirit is in your heart. I see your two hands. I see your hand. Anybody else say, I don't know. I'm moving in the middle section. I'm moving over here. I really don't know. I see your hand. Man, that's awesome. I see your hand. I'm looking over here to my right. Is there anybody over here that says, I really don't know if God's spirit's in my, in my heart. I see that hand. I'm going to ask the music, musicians to kind of keep it low today for a minute. But got to get the Missouri out of me. I started saying, Ewans, <laughs> Ewans that raised your hands. Ewans that raised your hands. I, I know this is going to be hard, but, but I want you to act. I want you to put action. Remember in the Bible it says they were praying and fasting, then God said, and then they, they, they did what God asked them to do. I, ser- seriously, I'm going to step down here. If you raised your hand, I, I, honestly, I don't care what happens the rest of this service. Because we had about 20 hands that said, I don't know if God's spirit is in my heart. Would you come and let's know that before you leave today? You that raised your hand, would you just stand up and come right now? That, that's, a, that's strength in this church. When they do it, will you give them a hand? Would you, would you that raised your hand, would you just come up? Come on up. Come on up. This is where it starts. Amen. Man, I'm really excited about this. Come on. There. If there's others, I want you to come up. Come and join these people. If you really don't know if God's spirit is in your heart, I want you to come. Amen. Praise the Lord. You really don't know that. Amen. Anybody else? Because you're going to know when we're done here today. And and that's going to be the first step. I'm going to talk to you guys in just a minute. Um, Braden, I want you to close the altar call asking the people to come up for prayer for anything. I'm going to take these guys over here in the side room and talk to them a minute and pray with them. Give these guys a hand again. information and to stay up to date with what's happening in the life of Church on the Rock, please visit us on the web at cotrag.org. Thanks again for tuning in.